It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright, and today we're heading to Finland to speak to co-directors Yusor and Yuka. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're talking about your film, Heavy Trip, and before we go into any details about how you made that, does one of you want to give a brief synopsis to what Heavy Trip is all about? It's a comedy film about a death metal band who set up for a trip to play at a big festival in Norway and they've never played a gig before in their lives although they've had the band for 14 years <laughs> that's that's the very short version <laughs> and it very much turns into a i think I'd call it like a coming of age as much as it is about a rock band yeah 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 i guess yeah yeah it's a story of these guys finding themselves with with a liberal amount of absurd comedy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah some of that too yeah what was the kernel of the idea that sort of led to heavy trip being becoming a film that i saw you know just last week uh so we had a really good time time making a like a short film called impel rectum when we we're studying in school and and after school we started like we knew we wanted to make movies, so naturally we started writing like a, a sci-fi movie about Jesus in a post-apocalyptic future, and then realized that we might not get like the hundreds of millions for funding for this movie as as our like first feature movie. So so uh, you got got the idea. Uh, about the short film we made years before that we had a, a lot of fun doing it. And because uh, we live in the metal capital of Finland, Oulu, uh, we had done like a lot of music videos for metal bands. So, so like the themes were, were present in our work. As soon as you got, you got like said that, you know, we, we might have, have enough stuff here for like a, feature movie i i instantly thought that this is a good idea like there's there's so much like stuff to write and say about metal music with like the images and and the like quirky people and i don't know do you want to add something here yeah yeah the idea kind of i'm not um usually it's our like actual metal head i'm not i'm not really a big metal fan i do listen to it but not like that but what i was what was what was the idea in the beginning that was kind of interesting for me is that we have people listening to metal music 
And like my experience of those guys is usually that they're pretty like gentle dudes, really friendly, and they have some really nice characteristics, which are really in a contrast to the music what they make. I think that was one of the kind of there's something interesting here. We have these really nice dudes who look really scary and to listen to this music that sounds even scarier. Yeah. I think that was one of the like main points where it started. And like Yuzu said, there's a lot of metal bands in the city we live in. And those and we were making music videos for those bands. And they were and that was the experience we had. Like, what a nice dudes, how nice guys, and so friendly and kind of gentle feeling yeah. guy and, and there's some, something funny about like you can you can scream on stage but then you can be like a really quiet and shy person off stage and there's a like you said there's there's a weird contrast with like the really really nice funny people doing loud violent music i'm reading a book at the moment called satanic panic which looks at the 80s period of Satanic Panic in America. And the section about music is really, and movies, is really interesting because the, the 80s was full of, you know, the rock, the rock metal as the outsider, as the embodiment of evil. And then there'd be a kid who would be, you know, into rock music and he'd be the outsider of the town. But in your, in your, in your film, I thought was interesting as a conscious is your band are quite cool in, in amongst themselves. And the kind of people that ridicule them are the numbskulls, are the idiots of the place. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, we wanted to set the guys to some place where they're kind of outsiders, outsiders, which they are, and we wanted to kind of give them a setting. I, I'm from a small town myself, so kind of know that set of minds that people have in those places. Also, we didn't want to demonize the people too much. That there are some people who kind of give the boys hard time, but but like yeah, it's being in a metal band and like growing your hair long, and you definitely make stand out in a small town, even in Finland. And this has even, been really, even in Oulu. <laughs> and this has been funny. We've been touring a lot of festivals back when, when it was still possible. And we went to a lot of countries and a lot of metalheads came to see the film. And, and, and like one of the questions in many countries, like we went to Romania, we went to Israel, and there's like metal fans from those places that where the metal fandom is pretty obscure, like in Israel. And the guys were like, they, they, they've heard that Finland is like a, metal capital of the world we have like a promised land of <laughs> metal, <laughs> land of metal. We, yeah. we do actually do have there's we have the most metal can metal bands per capita in the world is in finland so these people like israeli young youngsters metalheads and they were like i thought like everybody in finland listens to metal that you don't have to listen to this like people people throwing slurs at you for having the long hair and stuff like that. And people were kind of like, uh, they were disappointed because they thought like in every town in Finland, everybody is a metalhead. <laughs> so mm. This was something that we found out. 
about being a metal metalhead outside of Finland. Why is there such an affinity with metal and and in Finland? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the sunless long winters mm. of, of darkness and depression. I don't know. I've heard the question many times, but I, I don't really have an answer. Because I'm more I'm more familiar with my wife's family's from Norway, and obviously Norway has a has an affinity with, with black metal for sure. You know, in terms mm. of what happened during the late eighties, early nineties, and that no. was that was a, a phenomena that was sort of to one country and you, yeah uh, yeah a lot of people talked about the fact that it was about it was related to the long winters and the and the short summer and the short summers and and that was you know y- your music reflected it as it were mm. yeah there's there's probably some studies being done but <laughs> i've not heard the what are the actual answers to these things i don't know it's something something about i think it's we're kind of Finnish people are a bit melancholic. I think that comes from the eastern side of Finland. And mm. I don't know what's the rest. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I have no idea. I think it's just, I think in, in the 80s, like metal or rock, hard rock, whatever it was called at that time, it mm. really hit Finland hard. And like bands like Metallica and Megadeth were really big among amongst the young generation generation and a lot of those kids set up their own bands and i guess like people setting up bands give an example to other kids okay let's mm. let's let us set up a band i think it just kind of grows by itself mm. when when you were when you're expanding this story from your show impel rectum which obviously for the, for those people that what we see yeah impel rectum is obviously that is also the name of the band in heavy trip um, which I'm guessing is why you called the short film the name. What were some of the storytelling challenges, sort of expanding the short format into a feature format? Ooh, a lot. Of, well, <laughs> I think we took very little from the short film we made, uh, mostly the characters. Mm-hmm. And the story is completely different in the short. It was, <laughs> in the short, the story was that they have this really underground death metal, black metal, whatever band that takes themselves really seriously. And the vocalist in the band was a big fan of this artists whose music is called Finnish Schlager music, which is completely not streetwise. So it's the other. So in that film, the main character, who's the vocalist, doesn't share his secret to the other band that he really loves this other genre of music that is completely not metal. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't really take anything else from the like the characters from that film film. So we we started pretty much from nothing from like an empty table. I think the idea was that we're gonna. I think the first thing we wrote down is we want to make a feel good film about the death metal band. Mm. So that was the idea to make a like a like feel good films are something that are not really made in Finland so much. Okay, the, me- the melancholy gets into the films as well, does it? Finnish cinema tends to be in the bit on the dark side of things. Yeah. Like, what, what was the saying that that if, you, if you're if you not sure about whether you should kill yourself or not, go <laughs> go see a Finnish movie and... and <laughs> I, I don't know what the punchline was. My, my, last, my last, before your film, my last Finnish film 
was the one that played as at Cannes, the uh, Dogs Don't Wear Pants. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that, haven't seen that one, but I don't yeah, know. I haven't seen it. Which, is, which, is, which fits the model. It's about a man who loses his wife in the first five minutes and he goes, mm. he descends <laughs> into S&M as a way of coping with his grief of the loss. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Okay. I think that it 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 had a positive, <laughs> positive vibe. No, no, the, the the outcome was really positive, but yeah, it, 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 it its first half of it was uh, was was not a happy place. Some of the choices you made were really were really for me were really inspired in terms of using that small town backdrop and the heavy metal because because once kids dress up in the biker jacket and the long hair, it's a fairly easy uniform to get into, and that's already in contrast to the town. But then. For the lead singer to be cycling around on an old bicycle, it's just funny in of itself. You know, just those moments is like it's he's not riding in on Hell's Chariot, is he? When he's knocking about town, I mean, and that's really simple ideas that really enhanced your belief that you know there was a very great separation between what they did in the barn and then the rest of their life in the village. Mm. There's there's not really any fantasy about riding riding an old bike in the countryside like. A lot of a lot of feedback I've heard mm. is when you're when you're in a band, when you're in a metal band, and when you live somewhere that's not a like a capital city, and there's a lot of small towns. <laughs> so when you're a small town metal band guy, you always ride like a crummy old bike to like band rehearsal. So a lot of like musicians have related to like riding riding grandma's bike in those scenes to you know between home and home and. Where, where the band is, so. Mm. But but what, but what I mean by that though is, is there's no there's there's for your character there's no there's no pretensions of of trying to be cool as it were. There's no rock no rock star pretensions to it, is there? <clears throat> no, and I think one of the like main issues mm. with the film, which makes it I hope good, is that uh, these guys are really sweet. They're really sweet and they're really enthusiastic about their music and. I think one thing that makes metal music a good subject here is that I think playing metal music is like playing jazz or some other music where there is very little, uh, let's say, uh, <laughs> economic potential. So you won't get rich or famous by playing some like really niche metal music. So, and I think and that, and that, that, that proves that our characters are doing it for the love of the music and they are really into it and they, they really do get kicks of that music and they're not really kind of, okay, let's set up a band so we can get girls or we, we'll get rich playing this music. And I think that makes metal music a really good subject. From, from the look and feel of the film, with the conversations with this in terms of cinematography, talking to, is that Harry... Rat, do I pronounce that Harry Ratty? Yeah, Harry Ratty. What were your What were your conversations about the look and feel of Heavy Trip? It needed to be like a colorful and summery and and warm and and timeless and kind of kind of vintage. We would try to avoid stuff that'll link link the movie's time to. Like something that we know that we didn't want to like show high tech, high tech stuff, and and I think a lot of the uh, cinematography was also um, 
like we we had to we had to shoot with a very small budget so like even that's been that's been thought of like you like a lot of action action takes place in like wide shots and we, we try to do as much as we can with as mm. few as shots as we could just to because we didn't have a lot of money what so then you so you were so that was f- so basically fewer fewer shots gets you to the end of the film quicker so to speak yeah, yeah. trying 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 to use as like as few shots per per scene as we can pretty much because like every, every different like shot or composition it always takes time and money that we don't have so in what way did you, did your cinematographer sort of i mean i, I had a similar conversation with Lucky McKee about the woman he talked about how shots he wanted and then the cinematographer said well if we do this one shot we could do this 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 and this and then we don't have to do three or four setups was there any examples like that you could you could talk about mm, well, <clears throat> well most of it was <laughs> like doing a finished film is usually like you said it's it's the schedule is really really tight so you have to really work but yeah we we had ideas that we wanted to make and doing these kind of ensembles shots where we have all the guys in the band band and like you said like it's it's funny just to have like some metalhead driving a bicycle and then we just do shots of these four guys standing on a road somewhere in the middle of forest and that that like that makes it just funny to see these guys standing somewhere they're kind of out of uh, they're kind of out of their element and as you said we wanted to make it look like colorful colorful and bright and 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 very like it's summer and it's warm and and that's also a strong contrast to the music that these guys portray so they're clad in black and one of them has a corpse paint under his face and 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 like putting these characters in a really kind of mundane environments kind of creates creates comedy in itself and i think i think we're used to seeing like metal stuff that's desaturated or tinted blue or black and white and like that so it was a uh, like we we wanted to put as much color color as we can because watching a lot of metal music videos they're not very like cheerful and colorful talking of color how how many buckets of blood did you use on this film it was pretty mm. much well, it was mostly that one scene that we had to have but it was a lot it was a lot <laughs> yeah it was a, it was <laughs> a whole barrel syrup and i don't know how, how many hundred liters or i think you thought of talk about gallons there but but yeah it was a lot and that was something like I think they used like uh, some kind of food dye, and then they use syrup to get the like thickness. In terms of you shooting on on a low budget, um, as we get into the sort of second half and into the final act of the movie, mm. you really pump up the action. You know, there's a lot more people involved. There's a lot more going on. You know, for for the first half of the film, we're very much in rooms with people, it's conversations, all right, there's the, the little gig scenes and stuff, but essentially it's quite controlled. But then you suddenly branch out and we're on, we've got car chases, we've got weaponry. So what would, what were some of the challenges for achieving some of the more 
high octane elements of the film on a budget you were working to? And have you got any tips and tricks for uh, achieving a lot with a little? Avoid Norway. <laughs> yeah, Norway is really expensive. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the, avoid Norway. Why? Yeah, I think it's the number two countries where things cost a lot. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was like. We spent a very little money on the first half, and then we had to use all the rest of the budget on the second. Second, but yeah, still it was like I, I remember we had days, and okay, okay, we had this shot, and okay, let's change the lens and like make one one shot more. And somebody like our AD comes there, and there's no time for a lens change, which takes about three minutes that we have to go forward. Okay, now we're not okay. Let's. Let's go. <laughs> it's just like stuff like that. But yeah, it was big. And we had a lot of crew in Norway, Norway, and we had extras and we had stuntmen and we have VFX coordinators and stuff like that. So, so we have those. We had those few days that we made all the big explosions and cars, cars falling down and people shooting guns like that. So, so the, those were the big days. Those were funny. <laughs> what, what do you what do you think? With that experience, then, what do you think you learned from that as as directors, having to work with those kind, you know, with coordinators on that, you know, stunt and VFX coordinators? That what did what did it teach you about film? Uh, well, it's well, you you need to do your homework really well, and you have to pre It's all done in pre production, really. But yeah, you just go there and do the do the film. You're kind of just executing the schedule. When you're on set, mm. which is of course kind of boring, boring, but you do all the creative decisions and the pre-production, and you have to be really good at deciding. Okay, we're gonna do storyboard, and we're gonna do these shots, and we're gonna do them just like this. So mm. there's very small scale to kind of be creative on these budgets. It's like it's absurd when you hear they were shooting this film and they shot this scene for two weeks or whatever. It's like mm. we have, we have a hour and a half. I mean, it has to be done in an hour and a half. <laughs> and it's absurd that you hear, okay, Kubrick shot this thing for two months. And like, like not here. <laughs> Kubrick would never make films in Finland or he would have probably made one, which, and then he would ran out of money and then drove him out. Because, yeah, it became a short film. <laughs> yeah, it became a short film. Yeah. 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 Another thing with all the BFX stuff and like that, it's you have to get kind of plan ahead. And we of course me and you also been doing a lot of CGA stuff with music videos and short films and commercial stuff and like that. So we were familiar with all the right, okay. how we use them and how they use close green screens and we kind of understood the basics. So it was easier for us. Mm. So, okay, we need this shot and then we need the background plates. And I think it's one of the <laughs> darkest days and we're shooting in Norway and we had, you know, we have like 60 people coming to Norway. It's hugely expensive. We have like a week to shoot there. We have these amazing like locations we're going to shoot in. We have these beautiful mm. mountains in the background. And in Finland, we don't have any mountains, so it's it's, it's very spectacular. Yeah, it's a myth. I've, it's a myth I've found out. This that yeah. there's no mountains, is there really? Yeah, yeah, it's still, mm. yeah. Stuff in Finland and Norway look completely different. So anyway, we're in Norway yeah. and we've looked at these locations, and we're gonna we're going out on a on a shoot, and mm. and that morning it's completely cloudy, 
and there's this huge mist and you can't see anything. We go to the location and in the background, you can't see the mountains at all. Yeah, it's like shooting a so white you could have been in Finland. Yeah. <laughs> so what we did, we were, then we set up green screens in, in the mountains of Norway and we just shot green screens, <laughs> shot all the stuff with green screens and then we added the mountains in post-production. So we, we could have shot that in in a backlot somewhere in Helsinki in Finland. And that was felt so bad at that time. Of course, it was really nice when they with the post-production did their GGI stuff. You you can't really tell those mountains yeah. are added in the post-production. But on the day of the shoot, it was so depressing being there. Like we can't see anything. I tell you what, it brings. Are you familiar with the phrase "bring the if the, if the mountain won't come to Mohammed, you go to the mountain"? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you went you went to the mountain, and then you had to bring it. You had to bring mm. it a second time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'll have to disagree with Yuka about being creative because I think, like the less lesson is that you have to be creative. So, because when stuff goes to hell, you have to like. Figure out a way to like make it work anyway, or make the boat make the most of it, or, or mm. like the mistakes that, that are going to happen. You have to somehow write them into the movie. So, yeah, you have to plan things very carefully, but stuff is going to go wrong anyway, and then you have to like deal with it somehow. Yeah, Brian De Palma talks about that as being like a tunnel. He's like, once you start shooting the movie, the only way out is the other end of the tunnel. <laughs> you can never come back. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It is true, yeah. Uh, at some point, it feels like a tunnel where you can't see the other end. <laughs> you just it, hope it'll it appear at some point. Yeah. Am I right? Is, is the, the, the final destination in the movie, the festival in Norway, mm. that's a real festival that you, you work with there? No, no. Okay. Completely made up. Yeah. So you, 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 in your low-budget movie, you brought in a load of extras to make it look like a, a festival. We bought, brought in maybe like 80 extras. Well, that's off to you because it seemed like a bigger event to me <laughs> on the film. And then they, and we used, what is that called? Crowd. Like crowd. duplicated the same people. Yeah. yeah. A thousand times. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. In the end, we had really, so we were shooting, uh, actually, the like the outside Oh, was it? Yeah, <laughs> we had like one exterior shot of the festival, which is, I don't know what it was. In Norway, we just saw it. I think it's like a, some kind Random of oil, fish factory or something like that. Fish factory or oil refinery or something that looked like, okay, that looks cool. And let's just take some drone shots of it. And then we just added some flames coming out of the pipes. <laughs> pipes and like, I don't know how that's a, <laughs> that's a metal festival scene, but. Then we got some of the interior shots in Finland in a, I think it was a big where It's like a ship, shipyard. Yeah. Like yeah. We're having a shipyard. Yeah. It just gives me to say thank you very much for giving your time on the Britflix podcast. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We'll go back on riding Heavy Trip 2, which we were actually doing while we took this phone call. Yeah. Sorry, we were late.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 